morning, and it's especially great to be here uh, as we begin this new journey uh, two weeks in. How exciting. I said to Becky earlier, how's the honeymoon? I think she was questioning what I was talking about, but actually, <laughs> it is a bit of a honeymoon in this period, and, we, and I, I, I kind of pray that, she said it's going really, really well, it's really exciting, and I know that's going to continue, because having been here a few times over the past few months, I know what an awesome church you are, and I'm really, really excited uh, for you. I was, uh, during the worship, I was just asking the Lord, is there anything else that you want me to say this morning? And, and it was just that sense of encouragement. Uh, Rana and Becky, you're, you're here, you know this, because you've been here two weeks already, and you've met uh, the guys. You, this is an amazing church, and I just sense the Lord wanting to encourage you this morning to keep on keeping on, keep on being awesome, keep on doing what you're doing, keep on being faithful. I just get this sense that, and I, I, I prophesied this uh, uh, some um, months ago when I was here, that greater things are to come. You know, great things have already been part of this fellowship over many, many years. But I'm believing and, 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 and prophesied that those months ago that greater things are yet to come. Possibly even greater things are yet to come. Do you believe it? Do I get an amen? amen. You know I'm from Africa, so I need, I need that, eh? Amen? <laughs> Great. Father, thank you uh, for the privilege of being here today. And as your messenger, I ask for you to speak through me to each one of our hearts in Jesus' name. Challenge us, draw us closer to Jesus. Amen. I, I, I just wanted to just say that. You know, there's nothing special about me. And if you know me, you know that there's nothing special about me. And speak to my wife, and she'll definitely tell you there's nothing special about me. But you know what's special is He and His Word. He is the special one. I, I'm simply a humble servant. Come, and I don't say that out of a you know, full sense of humility. It, it, it is the truth. Uh, we as ministers, as pastors, we, we're just God's messenger. And, and I come this morning, nothing about me, but all about him. And I mean that with all sincerity, in all humility. It's him who's the focus. It's him that has the praise. It's he that has the glory. So if you've got a Bible, and why wouldn't you? Um, I have to confess. Having said that, let me confess to you this morning. As I'm driving up the M11, I'm like, oh, I haven't got my Bible. <laughs> but thankfully, I put it all on here. So, But if you haven't got a Bible, get your iPads out, your phones, or whatever it is, because it would be really good to follow me this morning on the word that, that I believe God is wanting us to share. So Psalm 84 is where we're going. Psalm 84, that's relatively easy to find. Psalm 84, verses 1 to 12. And the, the message that I want us to focus on this morning has been one I was sharing with Colin earlier. This message has been something that I've kind of been growing through the last few weeks. It's all about his presence. It's all about his presence. And, and Becky, you said earlier, there's a theme, and, and it really is 
there's a theme this morning as we're talking about God's presence and prayer today. So Psalm 84, that should give you, given you enough time to find Psalm 84, verse 1. And, and let's just read together. I'm reading from the NLT. So here we go. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my God and my King, what joy for those who live in your house, always singing your praises. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow together. And each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. O God of heaven's armies, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob. O oh God, look with favor upon the king, our shield. Show favor to the one you have anointed. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing. From those who do what is right, O Lord of heaven's armies. What joy, what joy for those who trust in you. Amen. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes when I, 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 I kind of leave home uh, for, for an extended period of time, or maybe not necessarily such an extended period of time, but there, there's that sense of wanting to be with Joe, my wife. Um, I used to, when I was uh, living in, in Africa, I used to have to travel to the UK and to the States uh, on, on numerous times, and uh, I'd be gone for three to five weeks uh, and, and would have to leave Joe and the children back at home. And, and that sense of longing from the moment I left uh, Swaziland uh, to the moment I got back uh, was, was evident. It was... It was almost painful, that longing, that, that missing uh, my wife, missing my children, uh, missing my home, missing my dogs, missing everything about home, that, that sense of longing to be back. We, uh, we had the privilege of going back home to, our, to Swaziland uh, over the summer for, 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 for a few weeks. And um, prior to that, I was desperately missing my daughter, Naomi, who, who lives there. Uh, and and that, that longing kind of grew. As we kind of got closer to the date when we were, we were going, that longing, that desperate desire to be with her. And then leaving her, you know, in, in three weeks later, that sense of missing her and longing to be back with her. She sent me a message on Friday. She said, Dad, I can't wait to see you. And that kind of longing to just be with her. I wonder, what are you longing for? What are you longing for? 
Maybe a better house? A new car? A nice relaxing holiday? A peaceful life? More money? Your children to have a better life? Are you longing for your children to be educated in a better school? Are you longing for this and that? Are you longing for whatever it is? What are you longing for? Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says this. You all know it very well. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. There's nothing wrong with longing for things. There's nothing wrong with longing to be with people. There's nothing wrong in and of themselves for longing for better this, better that. But the reality is, we must first seek and long for Him. Come on. We must first seek God and long for God. This is what our heart must ache and long for. We must long to be in God's presence. Now, let me clarify what I mean. I know that God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He is all, he's everywhere. Everywhere we go, everywhere we look, God is there. Secondly, there is the indwelling presence of God that every single one of us as born-again, spirit-filled Christians have. God is everywhere, firstly. God dwells within us, secondly. But that's not what I want us to focus on this morning. I want us to look at the third presence of God. His indwelling presence. His omnipresence. But I want to focus on today His manifold presence. His manifest presence. God with his people and his people with him in relationship. That's what I'm talking about today. He wants us to be aware of his manifest presence in our life. This is what God wants for each and every one of us. That is the very reason he sent Jesus. That we would experience his manifest presence. Not just his omnipresence, not just his indwelling presence, but his manifest presence. Almost tangible presence. Almost so that we could... Anyone ever had one of those moments where we've almost been able to reach out to feel the presence of God. Two weeks ago in our service in Barking, uh, we were, by the way, greetings from Barking and East Ham and Dagenham. Sorry, I should have started with that. And, and two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, I was, we, the Lord just spoke to me. I wasn't leading or preaching. I wasn't doing anything in the service. Uh, but, but God just said to me, gave me a word and, and said, I want you to get the whole church together around the sanctuary and hold hands. And I want you to worship me. And so I kind of, okay, so we, we, we did that, um, and I got the whole church uh, around the sanctuary, holding hands, and, and we sang the song, I Speak Jesus, you know the one? I Speak Jesus, and we sang it, and we sang it, and for about 25 minutes, that's all we were doing. And there were people weeping, and there were people sobbing, and there were people smiling, and, and all we were doing was were, were speaking Jesus. And the presence of God was there. 
you could almost reach out and feel it. On Tuesday morning, I had the privilege of meeting uh, the pastor of the Barking Chinese Elim Church that meet in our building. And I was meeting up for coffee, as we do. We meet up for coffee. That's what we do. That's, that's part of our job, is enjoying lots of good coffee. Um, and, and we were meeting up, and, and he said to me, he said, Lloyd, I just want to ask you, what, did you do something special in your service last Sunday? I said, why? He said, well, he said, when Pastor Yinka, who's the senior pastor of the uh, Chinese Elim Church, as she got up, she was ministering, and she just stopped. And she said, Church, do you fear the presence? There's something different in this place this morning, this afternoon, because they meet in the afternoon. There's something different. I don't know what it is, but let's ride with it. Let's ride with the Spirit of God this morning, this afternoon. And then his 10-year-old son came to him and he said, Dad. And Raymond said, what? He said, Dad, I was playing the drums. He was playing the drums in the worship team. I was playing the drums and something different happened to me. I felt God come upon me and release me into his presence. And I just shared with him what we'd simply done. We just simply had what I've just shared with you. The manifest presence of God. With just 20 minutes of us worshipping and experiencing that, had, a, had that knock-on effect so that later on that day, the presence was still being felt in that place. And there's nothing special about the place, and like I said, there's nothing special about me, or, or, but God's presence. God's presence was there. And He desires His presence. He desires us to spend time with Him in prayer, reading His Word, worshipping. He desires for us just to be with Him. Just to be. Our church is called Be Church. It's actually Barking Elim, that's where we... But actually, we've embraced it because we, we're just Be Church. We just want to be just want to be in God's presence, reading His Word, praying, worshipping, experiencing Him. And this psalm that we've read this morning speaks about a heart that longed for God, ached to be in the house of the Lord, desperate to be in His presence. We don't know why he wasn't able to be in the temple, but that's not the point. The reality is he was just desperate to be in the presence of God, desperate to be in the temple, desperate to be in the house of God. So how about you? Do you ache to be in God's manifest presence? Do you desire desperately to be with God in the house of the Lord. I'm not just talking about this building, but the house of the Lord in His presence. I think if we're honest, if we're really honest, I think the answer is no. <gasps> warning. I'm going to say something that's going to make some people feel uncomfortable. Okay, so just a, a health warning, spiritual health warning. In reality, I don't think we are desperate for God. I don't think we're desperate to be in that place of His presence. 
We're not desperate to be in the house of the Lord. We're not desperate to, to be wanting to be in God's manifest presence. Maybe for some of you, you're more desperate for something else than you are God. How do I know this? Well, in my own life, <laughs> there are times when I've not been so desperate for be, to be in God, the presence of God. I've not been longing to be in that presence. I've not seen people rush to prayer. How do I know that we're not wanting to desperately be in the presence of God? Because I'm not seeing, and I'm not talking about this church, of course. Not here. But I'm not seeing people in my church rushing to prayer. We have a church of about 600 people. Including the other two churches, about 780. Shall I tell you, this is not, you know, I'm not putting them down here. I love my church, I really do. But I'm just being real with you here. Shall I tell you how many people come to our prayer meetings? About 30? Come on. I know we're not desperate for, to be in the presence of God. Because <laughs> if we were... And, and, and we're also on Zoom as well. There's really no excuse. How do I know? Because, and again, I'm not speaking about this church, but I, people are late for church. Hmm, can you believe it? They're late for church. Sometimes we can be a quarter of an hour into our service and people start arriving. I'm not talking about this church. Sometimes during the preach. Sometimes as I'm finishing. People are arriving still. <laughs> I'm not seeing revival yet. <laughs> I'm not seeing miracles. I'm not seeing people come to faith in droves. I'm not seeing people talking about Jesus. You know what? The reason I know that we're not desperate and longing to be in the presence of God. Is it okay if I walk around? Yeah, you're okay. It's because our conversations tell me that. I did warn you. Our conversations tell me that we are not desperately longing to be in the presence of God and that we haven't been desperately longing to be in the presence of God. Because if we were church, we'd be talking Jesus. <laughs> we'd be talking about him to one another instead of gossiping about this person and that person. Whew. About putting this person down and that person up and, and, and talking about this and that and what a what a what a what a and talking about what you're doing and... We'd be talking about Jesus. Huh? Do you know one of the things I love doing, with, particularly with new people? I'm looking forward to going out for lunch with your pastors uh, later on. And, and the, one of the things I'm going to look forward to doing is, is, first of all, hearing from them and about their, their lives, but also for me, sharing about Jo, my wife, <laughs> because I love her. I'm desperately passionate about my wife. 
And I love talking about her. Why? Because I've been in her presence. I've spent lots and lots of time with her. And I like talking about her. You with me? Folks, I know we're not desperately longing to be in the presence of God. Neither have we been desperately longing to be in the presence of God. Because generally, and I'm not talking about this church, of course, but generally speaking, we're not talking about Jesus. We're not talking Jesus. It's not, he's not part of our natural conversations with one another. We should be able to be at a place where we're talking about Jesus as if we've just had a cup of tea with him. Come on. But I'm not seeing that. All of these, I believe, are a direct result of us not being hungry for God and not being desperate for his presence. Why is this the situation? Why is this the general case? Why are we not desperate for God's presence? Why are we not longing to be in that presence that God, that the, that the psalmist talks about this morning? Well, it's very often because we've got so many other things that vie for our time that are seemingly more attractive than God. More things that take more time. Things that we want to do. People we'd much rather spend time with. We'd much rather switch on the news and watch the news for an hour and a half or whatever it is that you do than actually spend time in the presence of God each morning. We've got work to do. We go to work, we get home, we go to bed, we sleep. We get up, we go to work, we get home, we sleep. And we're in that cycle. And very often, Jesus is not part of our day. And very often, Jesus is just waiting and longing to be in your presence, to be with you throughout your day. But we are not desperate to be with him because there's just so many other things to do. We're just so busy. I want to say to you this morning, I don't think we need God. Yeah, I said it. I don't think we really need God. Because we've got so many other things. Now, hear me. Don't go home and say, he said we don't need God. (laughs) Please, I'll be out of a job. (laughs) But the reality is, take God out of your life. What difference would it make? That's uncomfortable hearing that, isn't it? Take God out of your life, and what difference would it make in your life? Do you hear me? Church, we've got so many other things that are seemingly more attractive, seemingly more important for our time. We don't really need him. Our faith is pretty easy, generally speaking. We are not being persecuted, generally speaking. I know there are people that are at times, but generally it's not hard to be a Christian in this country. We've got it a bit easy. 
You speak to people, and I'm sure you've had people come and speak in this church, people who have been persecuted around the world. They're desperate for the presence of God, let me tell you. So often we're satisfied with where we're at. So often there are things around us, the people we see, the, 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 the materialistic world in which we live in, the busyness that we experience day by day, that we're really satisfied with those things, and our hunger and our thirst for God is really not evident in our lives. You know that we lived in Africa for many years, and when I used to go and visit rural communities um, in, 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 in really impoverished parts of, of the country, in Swaziland, um, I would go there, and there would be nothing in, in their place. Literally nothing. A, a mud floor, uh, a, a mat on the floor, uh, and we would sit there. Uh, and you know what? They had nothing, but they had everything. I'm telling you. They had nothing to offer me for each other, but they had everything because their faith in God their devotion to God, their commitment to prayer and the presence of God was incredible. They were desperate for God. There was little distraction. There was no TV. There were no newspapers. They had jobs, some of them, but very few but they had this simple faith and simple trust and they loved Jesus. And it shone. It shone. Back to the psalm. I want us to focus on three points. As this psalm is split up, in my understanding, into three parts. First of all, the longing. I want to focus on that, the longing. From verses 1 to 4, we, we read about this longing of the writer's heart to be in the presence of the Lord. He says this, my soul yearns, even faints. My soul yearns, even faints. Church, when was your soul yearning? When did you feel like you were about to faint? Because you were just desperate to be in the presence of God. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. For my whole being became consumed with the presence of the Lord. My whole being, everything that I am, everything that I have, everything, every part of me, every pore in my body is oozing desperation to be in the presence of God. How about you? How about me? Everything he says. Desperate. Desperate. Desperate to be with God. Desperate to be in his house. Desperate to be in his presence. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 4. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, for the living God. Where can I go and stand before him? 
Day and night I have only food for I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, "Where is your the God, this God of yours?" My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. David is writing this after he's been chased. He's tired. He says, I'm tired, Lord. My soul is weary. My soul is panting. My soul is yearning. My soul is desperate for you, O Lord. Just as the deer finds satisfaction from the water. God, he's saying. God, you are the only one who will satisfy my soul. You alone are the only one who can satisfy me. Truly, truly, God is the only way, David is saying. And David recognizes that like the deer is desperate for water, and if he didn't get the water, if the deer didn't get the water, he would die. So David is saying, without you, my God, I'm going to die. Without you, my God, I'm going to die. I need you. I wonder, can you see yourself in either of those pictures, one who is desperate for God, one who is thirsty and hungry for Him and His presence. There's the one thing I know, that without water we die. Our physical bodies die without water, without food. We can go on a little bit longer without food, but without water, very shortly we die. And it's the same with our spiritual walk, church. Without God's presence, without His manifest presence, we will die. Our spiritual walk will be no more. And we all know of people, don't we, where that's happened. I'm sure there are many seats that are empty this morning that used to be filled with people who have stop their desire and their hunger for God for one reason or another. I know in our own church, throughout COVID, throughout the difficult season that they've been through, there are many who simply haven't returned. Maybe their faith was church and not God. It's not no judgment. But for some, I know that would to be true. Without God's presence, without us hungering and thirsting for more of God. Then the second one is the joy. Verses 4 and, four and 7. He realizes his longing moves on and recognizes the joy of being in the presence of God. Come on. The joy of being in the presence of God. In his presence, Psalm 16 verse 11 says, In his presence there is fullness of? Fullness of? In his presence, we find that true joy and liberation comes from the cares of the world. Our source of joy is the presence of God. Church, when we seek God, when we hunger after him with total abandonment, then we will know the joy with which we can have 
in being in his presence. And thirdly again, we're back to the longing. This deep longing. This deep longing. This deep desire. He says this, just one day in your presence, God. Just one day in your presence is better than a thousand elsewhere. Just one day. Just let me have one day with you, God. One day in your presence is better than doing anything else. How about you? Can you say that? Can you say, just half an hour is better than the 23 and a half hours of the rest of the day? Can we honestly say that? Just an hour and a half is better than the rest of the week being in the presence, in the fellowship of believers. Oh, that we would really believe and practice that. Just desiring to be in his presence. Before we spend time partying, before we spend time going to work, before we spend time having coffee with so-and-so and and this person and that person, before we watch the news, before we read that book, before we read the newspapers, better is one day in your course, better is one moment in the presence of God (laughs) than anything else. Do we really, can we really honestly say that? The greatest of all desires, above your dreams of success, above your desire for money and family and cars and careers and material possessions, you name it, whatever it is, the greatest desire that you and I need to long for is to be in the manifest presence of God, this relationship with God. You and Him, together, that must be our greatest desire. So very quickly, how do we long for his presence? Firstly, prayer. We must be devoted to prayer. John Wesley says this, I have so much to do that I spend several hours of prayer before I'm able to do it. Mm. Prayer is so key. James 4 verse 7 we know what it says, draw near to me, and, or verse 8 actually, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. As we draw near to God in prayer, as we come into God's presence in prayer, his presence draws near to us. That is why we need to pray without ceasing, as the Bible says. The more time we spend in prayer with God, the more we become aware of his presence. Prayer is key. There was a notice that went up there. Prayer is key. Prayer is so important. Both personal prayer, but also corporate prayer. Together, as the fellowship of believers. Secondly, we need to repent. We need to repent. So often, sin blocks us from experiencing the presence of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, they were cast out. Where? Of God's presence. (laughs) They couldn't relate to God any longer. could be that you're not experiencing the manifold presence of God because there's unrepented sin in your life. Sure, you still relate to God, and that's fine, but there's just something between you. You know what I'm saying? Men, you know what I'm saying. You know when you've upset your wife. You know? 
when you've done something wrong and you can't quite put your finger on it, but you just know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, yeah? you just know there's something not quite right to the way she looks, the things, yeah, you know what? And, and, and may, with us and God, we, we may not even know what it is, but we just know we need to repent. <laughs> and, and I believe wholeheartedly that we need to be a people living and walking in repentance. Because <laughs> we do things wrong, intentionally and unintentionally. And we need to live a daily life of repentance, coming before the Lord and making sure that we put it right. Receiving on a daily, hourly, in my case, (laughs) forgiveness of God. Repenting. And when you repent, we start that relationship. We live in the fullness of that relationship. We experience that manifold presence of God. Thirdly, his word. We need to be a people of his word. And I know this church is a people of his word. And I want to encourage you in that. Do you know this? And this is, I'm sure, not the case for the, at least the two pastors here. The average church leader spends four minutes a day in quiet time with God. That's a statistic in the UK and in America the average church leader spends less than four, or spends four minutes in a quiet time with God, reading the word in prayer. Lord have mercy. Huh? Lord have mercy. Now that's the church leaders. <laughs> hmm? If we're serious about wanting change, we must Be intentional about spending time in his presence, reading his word, coming in prayer, repenting. If we want to seriously come in the presence of God. Now, I've got 14 results of being in God's presence. I'm not going to go in depth in each one of them, so I'm just going to rattle through them. These are 14, and it's not extensive. There are many more, and I'm sure you can think of others as well that you can tell me later. But here's 14 results of being in the presence, the manifold presence of God. Are we ready? Say, yes, Lloyd. Are we ready? Okay. We have joy instead of depression. Come on. We have hope instead of despair. When we're living and walking in the manifest presence of God, we experience hope instead of despair. We have freedom instead of bondage. Come on. Freedom instead of bondage. I just have this come to me now. I know this is something that often I used to say in Africa, so many of you will be familiar with it. And maybe some of you say it here as well. But the devil is a liar. I just had that just, just come to me. The devil is a liar. And, 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 and some of you are believing a lie. Hmm? Some of you are believing a lie. Some of you are believing that you've done something wrong, and therefore you're condemning yourself because of it. 
you're not able to walk with God because you're living and walking in that condemnation. And I want to say to you, whoever that is this morning, you're free. Come to Jesus, repent, and walk in the freedom. Because no longer are you to live in bondage. It was for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So whoever that is, know this. Be free. Receive God's forgiveness. Receive it. Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago to forgive you of your sins past, present, and I believe future. Walk in that freedom. Freedom instead of bondage. Number four, secure thoughts instead of insecure thoughts. (laughs) When we're in the presence of God, I I speak as someone who, despite what you may think, I'm quite insecure in, in, in many ways. I'm just, can I be honest? I've already been honest, so it's too late asking if I can. <laughs> but I, I am quite an insecure person. And, but I know that my most insecure is when I've not been in the presence of God. Anybody else? So even this morning as I'm driving here on the, on the, on, on the highway, I'm thinking, yo. That's a South African thing, yo. I'm thinking, yo, how on earth can I get up there this morning? You know? How on earth can I speak this word this morning? Who, who do you think you are? Me. Like I said, the devil's a liar. But I was at my most insecure, so I just had to pull over at McDonald's. <laughs> and I didn't have a McDonald's, unfortunately. But I just pulled over and just spent 15, 20 minutes Speaking in tongues, just being in the presence. Got his word, got the word out, praying, praying, praying. And it just lifted. Just lifted. So we have security instead of insecurity. We have wisdom instead of confusion. And right, when, when you're trying to make a decision, all of a sudden, sometimes you can be so confused because there's so much stuff coming at you. In God's presence, there's wisdom. Number six, peace instead of fear and anxiety. My goodness me, don't we need to live in that peace? My goodness me, don't we need to be bearers of that peace in the world in which we're living in, in the country that we're living in? And, and, and with, I'm not being a prophet of doom and gloom, but things are only going to get worse. We know from what Scripture says. Things are only going to get worse. But we need to live in the peace. Instead of fear and anxiety. Why? Because we've read the book. We know the end. We have the victory in Jesus. Number seven, we experience confidence in God. Not in self, but confidence in God. We have a desire to please God. Again, you know, when, I'm in the, when I've been in, in, in Joe's presence, when I'm with Joe, you know, because I love her so much, I don't do things because I want to get brownie points. Not always. <laughs> I do things, why? Mainly because I love her. And I want to please her. And when we're in the presence of God, we will just want to do things because we just are in love with God. We, we, we get that love. We get that new understanding of love for God when we're in His presence. 
We have desire to please Him. Number nine, we live under the protection of God. I had a message this morning from, from, from some friends who were ministering in, in Ireland. And they said, Lord, please pray for me. This is happening, this is happening. I just said, just remember, just remember whose protection you're under. Just remember whose cover you're under. The devil's a liar. Remember, you're under God's protection. And whatever, whatever the enemy may want to throw at you, I said to them, and I'm saying to you, I'm saying to myself, whatever the enemy wants to throw at you, you're under his protection if you're in his presence. Number 10, we have power instead of weakness. The power of God. (laughs) The power of God. Number 11, his presence brings healing. Number 12, his presence brings revival. I, um, when I came back from Africa off my holiday, we, we're running an Alpha course, and I asked one of our assistant pastors, oh, how many people have we got signed up for Alpha? Five. Oh. I have to confess, um, I was not too happy, <laughs> to say the least. Five? I, was, I went storming to my office, and the Lord rebuked me. <laughs> as he often does. And he said, it's me and my presence that will bring revival. Not you manipulating, not you putting pressure on people to come to an Alpha course. It is my presence. I'm believing for revival. I'm believing for revival. I was at a conference last night, R.T. Kendall was there, and he was ministering and saying, revival has never come to London. It's been all over the rest of the country. Hebrides, Wales, Cornwall, etc., etc., but never, revival has never come. The manifest presence of revival has never come to London. But I'm believing for it. I am believing for it. I can't see it. I can't see it. But I'm believing for it. I'm believing for it. I'm believing revival is coming to London and hollow (laughs) and further out. (laughs) I'm really believing for it, church. But revival comes, God said to me, in my presence. It is my presence. It is my presence. It is my manifest presence that will bring revival. Change happens, 13 14, God, God's presence brings us purpose. He gives us a sense of identity. He gives us that sense of purpose. And it only comes in his presence. 2 Chronicles 7:14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. In other words, if you come in my presence, humble yourself, pray. If you come into my presence, I'll hear, I'll hear from heaven. Church, each one of us needs to be motivated by a greater desire to know God more and to be in his presence more and more and more. We need more of him and less of us. If you forget anything else that I've said today, remember that. More of him and less of me. More of his presence in me. 
We need more of Him. This church. You've got great pastors here. You've got great eldership, leadership here. But you don't need more leadership. You need more of God. Hmm? You need more of God's presence. That is what will bring change. I know that you've got great pastors here, and I'm looking forward to getting to know know them even more. I know that God has a plan and God has a purpose for this church. You've got great leadership, you've got great pastors. But it is only the presence of God that will bring change. You know, you can have a great trendy pastor with skinny jeans. And that may bring change for a while. But it will only be the presence of God. I'm telling you. That's not a prophetic word. (laughs) It's the truth. The psalmist ends. I'm I'm coming into land now, so hold fire. The psalmist ends, verse 12. Let's read it again. Let's read verse 12. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy, (laughs) what joy for those who trust in you. What joy. What joy it is for all those who put their trust in you. We have been through some shaking over the past few years. We are in and experiencing right now shaking in our nation. All that could be shaken has been and is being. And the very person that for many in our nation guided them through the last 70 years is now no longer here. What on earth is going to happen now? God. 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 He alone will get us through. As Her Majesty declared on numerous occasions, it is only faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that will be able to get us through. What joy for those who put their trust in Him. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress, tower. The righteous, the godly, run to him and are safe. For those of us that are experiencing, and things are going to get hard, things are tough, things are difficult for so many, things are going to get even worse. I, I, I understand from what we hear and see. I'm not being a prophet of doom and gloom, I'm just seeing the, the, the reality of what's going on in our world the fear that's hanging over so many of us. But we have God in whom we can trust because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And we can, those of us that are, doesn't say, I was at a conference last night and the, and the, and the speaker said, it doesn't say all of us. <laughs> it just says the righteous, the godly. Notice that. The godly will run to him and are safe. In other words, All of us who are saved, all of us that call Jesus their Lord and Savior, will be safe. Will be saved. My friends, if you haven't put your trust, if you're watching online or you're here in the house, you haven't put your trust in Jesus, or maybe you've fallen away from that trust, come to God. 
while he can still be found. Hmm? Because there will be a time when it's too late. But right here, right now, right here, right now, you can put your trust in Jesus. By accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, walk with him, live with him, and experience the fullness of being in his presence. Let's just pray. If there's anyone here this morning, here in the house or watching online, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I invite you now to say this prayer with me. Or maybe you've gone away from the Lord and you just hear his call back to him. Join with me in saying this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died on a cross to forgive me of my sins, past, present, and future. I welcome you into my life as my Lord, Savior, and friend. I repent of my sin. Holy Spirit, come into my life now and help me to live the life that you want me to live. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've said that prayer this morning for the first time, then come and speak to one of your pastors or your leadership team. If you're watching online, I I guess they can go to the website, somehow connect, somehow. Finally, when was the last time your heart ached for God? So much so that you couldn't wait to spend time with him. Do you wake up in the morning, jump out of bed, just long to spend some time with God? When was the last time you couldn't wait to be at a church prayer meeting? Or Sunday morning? When was the last time this church had queues of people waiting to get inside? We need to be intentional about spending time with God's presence. Come to him now. How many of you are living and walking in God's manifold presence each day? We need to be intentional about being in God's presence each and every day. Reading his word, praying, spending time with him, worshipping him. He's waiting, he's longing for us to come to him, to be in his presence, to be refreshed by him, encouraged by him, strengthened by him, led by him, loved by him and transformed by him. Father, thank you. Thank you that you desire for each one of us to be living and walking in your manifold presence. Thank you, Lord God, that you are all around us in your omnipresence. Thank you for those of us who are born-again Christians. You live and dwell within each one of us. And Lord, thank you, you desire to have your manifold presence experienced in our lives. We need you. We need more of you. And I pray that each one of us would get closer to you. And as we draw closer to you, your manifold presence will come and draw closer to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you.